And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Tuesday. Casey Jisclair here. Hope you guys are enjoying your days. We have got a fun show coming your way. We will be live until 1 o'clock talking the latest in local uh, high school, college, and professional sports. All sorts of stories to follow. All sorts of different things happening that we'll talk about in the next 90 or so minutes here on play-by-play. And in addition to that, of course, we're going to go to our coaching guest on the phone lines. We will have Coach Joe Touton on from Covenant Christian Academy Baseball. Really now with Joe, we'll be talking more uh, Southland Hogs. We'll have Joe on to talk about that. That'll be at the 12 o'clock hour. We'll have Joe on at noon. Then at 12.15, it's Tuesday. We'll have our Terrebonne General Tuesday interview with Mr. Stan Grava. We'll be chatting with Stan about E.D. White winning the baseball championship. We'll be chatting with Stan about um, spring football and LSU baseball and all the different things that are happening that are drawing everyone's attention. In this first segment of the show, <clears throat> we'll talk a little bit of spring football, right? Um, we've got some spring football games that will be happening in the area in the next 24 to 48 hours as teams are wrapping up, heading themselves into the summer. Um and can't wait to see how some of the local teams look in some of that competition. Today, Thibodeau will be taking on themselves in spring activity. There will be an inter-squad scrimmage at 6 o'clock over at Tiger Stadium over at Thibodeau. Then at Tom B. Smith, you got Terrebonne that will be taking on McDonough 35 in a spring game. Both of those games are today. Tomorrow, you got South Lafouche and HL Bourgeois in a spring game. Central Lafouche has already had their spring game. So lots of local teams that are in action over the next several days. Um, <clears throat> and it should be really exciting to see. Uh, how the local teams look. I think that this is going to be a very interesting spring for, well, let me rephrase that. Very interesting season for a lot of local teams, right? I think that on the surface, it's easy to say E.D. White's going to be really good. You know, anyone could predict that. Anyone could forecast that. They were really good last year. They returned most of their offense. They've got a great defensive staff there. They're going to piece that. They're going to be really good. It's easy to predict that. I think it's really easy to predict that with another season of Jalen Coleman, Vanderbilt's going to be really good. Vanderbilt was not really good last year, right? They kind of were on a down cycle. We're young on the offense and defensive lines. Well, youth turns into experience. They'll have an offseason to get bigger, faster, stronger. You still got Coleman there. Still got some other key pieces and other key playmakers there. I think Vanderbilt is going to be much better. I think that Vanderbilt is going to be a team that kind of catapults themselves from being just kind of an average team to being really good and a team that could potentially make a little bit of a push. But outside of that, I think that our area is sort of the great unknown. Look around the rest of Lafouche. South Lafouche, really young. Really young playing tons of ninth graders and 10th graders. And when I say ninth graders, I mean kids that are in the eighth grade right now who are going to be ninth graders. Kids who are in the ninth grade right now who are going to be 10th graders. A lot of their depth chart is made up of kids that are currently going to school at Golden Meadow or LCO or who are currently ninth graders at South Lafouche. Now, that youth is going to cause some problems at times. But that youth is also going to breed towards experience and success in the future. So if South Lafouche could overcome some of those growing pains, it'll be interesting to see how the year is going to go. 
Central Lafouche, you, you lose your star running back, but you get an ace offensive coordinator. They were really young. You return a lot of key pieces. Great unknown. Thibodeau, you lose a big old senior class, first-year head coach. What's Dre going to bring to that team? Dre's a good football coach, man. Just got done winning a ton of games at Plaquemine. Here's the kicker with Thibodeau High. Brutally tough schedule. Can you survive your brutally tough schedule? Great unknown. Go to Terrebonne Parish. Uh, Ellender, they got a first-year head coach, Coach John Hazlitt. Um, Don't know what he's going to bring to the table, but it's going to be very interesting to see. Covenant Christian Academy, Jesse Turner, you know, you know he's going to, I think, make that program a lot better. You got, uh, you know, first you're coaching home a Christian school. You got a lot of guys that are just kind of settling into their roles. And then you got a whole bunch of athletes over at Terrebonne, right? So again, the great unknown, which of those teams in Terrebonne Parish is going to rise up and become better than the others. I think South Terrebonne is a sleeper, right? Second year for Coach Aaron Babin out there. They started off last year slow. They wrapped up the year playing some of the best football of anybody in the area. The great unknown. That's going to be the big storyline defining the entire high school football schedule locally is that outside of Vanderbilt and E.D. White, who I think are clearly going to be the two lead teams in the area, there's a whole lot of uncertainty about everybody else. And it's usually not like that, right? I've been in this area covering sports since December 2009, which makes me feel really old, by the way. But since December 2009, that's a lot of football seasons, right? And in that time, you usually head into the season having a really good idea. Okay, this team's going to be, you know, about 6 and 4. This team's going to be about 500. Uh, this team, uh, they're a little behind, maybe three and seven. You usually got a really good idea. <clears throat> this year is the first season since I have been covering sports full-time in this area where I really don't know. I really don't know. The spring is going to be important to that, and most importantly to that, I think the summer is going to be important. Who's going to get the most quality work in during the summer? Who's going to get stronger during the summer? Who's going to get in great condition during the summer? Because here's the thing. If it's the fourth quarter and the score's 28 to 27 and you're the team with 27, but you got more gas left in the tank than the opponent does, you might run past them in the last four or five minutes and be able to come all the way back and get that win. So that's going to be some things that I'm paying attention to. This summer is going to be more important, I think, than some of the other summers in our area because I think we've got a lot of teams that are all very similar, a lot of teams that are all kind of sort of equal to one another in terms of talent, in terms of you know their rosters on paper, in terms of their athletes. Whichever team is going to, A, get in the best shape, B, protect the ball, and then C, stay healthy. Things like that are going to, going to be big factors in deciding um, how this is going to go, right? going to be a big factor in deciding how this is going to go let's catch a break when we get back out of the break we're going to talk some nba there's some nba news that's happened in the last 24 hours it's play-by-play on KLEB. we'll be right back after this the music on the bayou the all-new raging cajun 102.7 fm you have a pest control problem roundtree's pest control and supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, 
bed bugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control needs you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985-475-3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at DufresneLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Dufresne difference. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the river parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. Gulf South Homes has a new building. Come check out our new offices and parts store. We have moved to the left side of our property. See, Ida threw us a curveball, but our new offices are home run. We sell all things for your mobile home parts needs. And of course, we can still sell you the new home of your dreams. Remember, we are still working with the Restore Louisiana Grant Program as well. Come and see us at 1986 Highway 182 in Homa or give us a call, 985-876-0222. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. No combination of words I could put on the back of a postcard No song that I could sing but I can try for your heart Our dreams and they are made out of real things Like a shoebox of photographs with sepia tone loving Love is the answer at least for most of the questions of my Welcome heart. back to Play by Play here Why on KLEB. Casey Gisclair here. Hope you guys are enjoying yourselves as much as we are when Jack Johnson's playing. Um... We have Joe Tuton coming on in the next segment of the show. Then we've got Stan coming on the segment after that. We're looking forward to both of those segments to chat with both of those guys about um, the summer and some of the things that we're seeing right now at the high school level. Big day for LSU baseball today. You know, usually you wouldn't say that a midweek game is is of any significance at all. Um. But for a team that comes in struggling and a team that is right now not getting outs against anybody that they face, all these games become significant. All these games become important. All these games become uh, magnified, right? And <clears throat> when you're LSU and you're facing a team that you're better than, um, we want to see you win that game decisively. And if LSU struggles against McNeese, because like here's the thing right now with LSU, man, I really truly believe um, – that the biggest problem for the Tigers right now um, is that they're having 
I'm trying to think of the right way to say this, because I'm always nervous to say that somebody's having like a mental block or mental issue because sometimes those things get overstated, right? Um, you know, John ja Morant claimed that his his fetish for playing with guns was a mental health issue. You know, that's a stupidity issue, right? So I'm always nervous to use the the word mental in sports because a lot of times it's overused or overstated, whatever it may be. But I think that there's just a little bit of a mental block there with these LSU guys, right? I think that they need um, something to feel good about. Um, Sorry about that. Um, Had to... Something that was brought to my urgent attention real quick on the computer screen. But yeah, I'm sorry. We got our full attention now. Um, yeah, I think that it becomes a mental block, right? You walk a guy early in the game. Oh, well, you know, here we go again. You know, you give up two runs in the first inning. Oh, here we go again. You know, you you have an error in the third inning and you're behind five to two. Oh, LSU can't get out. And I think that really that's the biggest thing that the Tigers have right now in terms of their pitching struggles, is they don't have any momentum. Guys are coming in, and instead of coming into the game with the mindset of, hey, I'm going to go and I'm going to dominate and I'm going to shove the ball down your throat for three, four innings, it's the mindset of, I'm going to just try to not screw this up because I don't want to be the guy that they're talking about on Twitter tomorrow, right? So there's not that confidence there right now. Outside of Skeens... <clears throat> you don't see anybody bouncing off of the mound. You don't see anybody pumping their fists and strutting off the... Like, you don't see any good body language. You don't see any confidence. And that's what I'm hoping to see in the next couple of weeks for this LSU baseball team. I don't care if you give up a home run every once in a while. I don't care if you walk a guy every once in a while, right? Hey, stuff happens, man. Baseball's hard. <clears throat> but what I do want to see is guys take the field who are actually expecting to have success. Guys take the field who are looking like they're having fun, who are looking like they're engaged in what they're doing, who are looking like they are competing and playing or expecting to play at a high level. Because what we see a lot of right now are dudes, they got their head slumped and their shoulders slumped and their body language ain't good and they walk somebody and then they put their head down. Like you're just walking through mud watching a lot of these guys pitch. And that's not a way to succeed in baseball. That's not a way to succeed in sports. That's not a way to succeed in life, right? So that's the number one thing I want to see today. I want to see a team just look like they're having fun. Offense ain't the problem, bro. They hit home runs. They flexing their muscles. They, you know, putting, crossing their arms. You know, they dancing. They got their jukebox. Offense is not the issue in any way for this LSU team. But I want to see the pitchers have some of that same fun. I want to see the pitchers compete with that same level of intensity. I want to see the pitchers acting like they're LSU players and not guys that are walking on eggshells and are tippy-toeing and are trying not to be the reason why the layer of ice collapses and then everyone falls into water, right? And you can't understate or overstate, rather, how important every opportunity is to fixing some of those things and making them better. 
You're playing McNeese. It sounds dumb, but if you throw a shutout today or a kid who normally would be struggling gets you three, four innings of shutout ball today, all of that stuff could add up. And then all of a sudden, that kid could suddenly have confidence. Maybe he could then throw against Georgia over the weekend. Maybe he has a good outing there. And then who knows, maybe he got a weapon for the SEC tournament. <clears throat> because that's the thing about LSU that's the most frustrating, is there's no one on this roster that doesn't belong. Right? We would all be more understanding, right? Like if this were a situation like the LSU football team last year, when Brian Kelly took over a roster that had, you know, 30-some scholarship players or whatever the, the crazy number was, <clears throat> and then they play in the SEC championship game and just kind of fizzle out because the wear and tear of the season kind of broke them down and their lack of depth or whatever finally showed through. Like, we all would understand if this was a roster that just was not talented enough, right? But it's a roster that is talented enough. Everybody that's here is here for a reason. Everybody that's here is a guy who was drafted out of high school or who transferred from another college. Who Like, they got some big-time dudes, right? They've got dudes who at the high school level were the best of the best in the country. They got dudes who they got in the portal who were amongst the best of the best in the country. So this idea now that these guys all of a sudden all can't throw a strike, I'm sorry, I just don't buy that. I just don't buy that as being valid. I don't buy that as being a legitimate ailment, right? If one guy loses his control, hey, you know, you got the yips, you're, you're having an off day, whatever it may be, stuff happens. But when your entire team loses control and gets the yips and can't throw strikes, it becomes a much more questionable thing. And it makes you start pointing fingers at the process. It makes you start pointing fingers at the people that are making decisions. And it really starts to make you wonder what's going on there that's causing this to happen. Especially when you compound it with the fact that it's a pitching staff that annually has a bunch of injuries too. So what are we doing different than everyone else that's causing the results to be so much worse. <clears throat> Jay Johnson's going to have to answer a lot of those questions if these struggles continue. But if, you know, you got about you know, two weeks to get it right before the NCAA tournament, and it's not too late to potentially catch fire in a bottle and go win the championship, but it's going to be very interesting to see how the next couple of weeks play out. The LSU football team stayed hot on the recruiting trail yesterday. <clears throat> they got a commitment from a Louisiana prospect. Um, <clears throat> ja, I'm going to make sure I'm trying to say this right. Ja Jawan, I, I hope I'm saying that right, because he's the guy that I'm expecting to be a big-time player for LSU, but Ja Jawan Johnson from Lafayette Christian made his commitment to LSU, or Jujuan maybe, Johnson made his commitment to LSU. He's an athlete, 5'11", 178. He is the number seven player in the state of Louisiana for the upcoming cycle. LSU's done a really good job. He's a four-star prospect, by the way. He was once committed to Colorado, but now he's made his pledge to Brian Kelly and the Tigers. LSU's done a really good job securing the state of Louisiana for this class. Um, four of the top eight players in the state are already committed. You're sitting good with a lot of the others. Um, this is not a great Louisiana year. Um but the guys in the state that are impact players, you're doing a good job of going out and getting them so far. <clears throat> so that's great work by Brian Kelly and his crew um, securing some of those commitments and, and, and getting some of those guys on board. 
And just continuing that momentum, right? Like the biggest concern about Brian Kelly, when, when Brian Kelly was hired, no one was saying, um, hey, now, you know, we don't know that this guy could coach football. No one was saying that. We knew he could coach football. We saw Notre Dame play. Notre Dame was always in big games, right? We knew that. Um, but the issue was that we were concerned whether or not he could recruit in the South, right? Well, he doesn't have, you know, connections here. He doesn't have relationships here. Can he go and get, you know, the kid from Ed in the car? Can he go get the kid from Acadiana? Or can he, you know, uh, can he go get this kid or that kid or whatever it may be? Those were all the big concerns involving Brian Kelly. And so far, those concerns have not been amounting to any sort, sort of ammo for the haters, right? Because... LSU has secured Louisiana, and they've gotten the guys they've wanted to get. They've even recruited nationally. They've recruited in the portal. They're about to get, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, spoiler alert, they're about to get some portal commitments in the next couple of days. That's it. Not a prediction. That's a spoiler. Uh, They're going to get some guys in the next couple of days in the portal to help round out their roster, and they've done an outstanding job making sure that the things that they want to have, they're able to have. So kudos to the LSU team for that. They got a big commitment yesterday, and I think they're going to continue to get this rolling. I want to thank my buddy Corey Bear with the Blue Boot Foundation and the Blue Boot Rodeo for sending me this. Um, Joe Burrow uh, and his foundation announced that they'll pay for 20 families at the Cincinnati Children's Hospital to receive mental health treatment. I actually was reading about this the other day, and, th- and thanks for the, the note, Corey. I really appreciate it. And, and as always, thanks so much for all the great work that you guys do. Um, but apparently the foundation was planning to pay for mental health treatment for like four people, right? And what they were going to do is, you know, hey, fill this out. You know, we'll pick the four people that we deem the most worthy recipients, whatever it may be. And they got like 20 applications, right? So the foundation sorting through them and realizing like, man, all of these people are really worthwhile and it would be really miserable of us to pick some and not the others. So, guess what? That's exactly what they did. They didn't pick anybody. They didn't sort through anybody. They just decided, you know what? Everybody who applied is going to get some aid. It's great on Joe Burrow, uh, continuing to make an impact on and off the field, continuing to make the LSU Nation proud. That's a good dude, man. And uh, he's also sporting a little bit of a different look, right? He's got the the long, shaggy hair now. Um, so, it'll be a, a great opportunity um, to for people to get assistance and a great opportunity hopefully in the upcoming season for the Bengals to continue to build uh, because I know that there are a lot of folks in Southeast Louisiana that are rooting for them, myself being one of them. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Joe Tuton of Covenant Christian Academy Baseball. Wax him about the Hogs. The Hogs are going to be opening up their season in the coming days. A lot of talent in the area. Wax Joe about all that. It's play-by-play on KLEB. Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. 
What's up? This is Casey Gisclair, and this is why I choose State Bank for all my banking needs. State Bank is a local bank, which means you get a taste of home when you walk through the doors. The bank's motto is Cajun Banking, serve just the way you like it, and that's for a reason, because you're always greeted by a real banker who provides smiling service. But State Bank also has the latest banking technologies, which means you get the best without having to sacrifice that personal touch that we all love. So go visit them today at one of their many locations. They're proud bankers serving a proud community, resilient bankers serving a resilient community at State Bank now 70 years strong. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. The IRS is the most powerful collection agency in the world. I couldn't sleep. We were being audited. They do not give up until you pay. They put a lien on my house. How about you? Do you owe back taxes? Call Tax Solutions now and get some help. For a limited time, the IRS offers a tax forgiveness program called the Fresh Start Initiative. Our team can make it easier for you to pay back taxes, avoid tax liens, and get a fresh start. Sometimes you just need a second chance. I call Tax Solutions now and they got the IRS off my back. At Tax Solutions Now, our affiliates are all accredited by the Better Business Bureau and members of the National Association of Tax Professionals. We saved our home and overcame the most powerful collection agency in the world. Time is running out. Call Tax Solutions now. Call 800-319-6697. Advanced Eye Institute and Cutoff is your hometown eye care provider. Dr. Darby Chasson is here to serve the eye care needs of your entire family. Full-service eye medical and vision services are provided in a friendly atmosphere. For the latest in designer frames to advancements in astigmatism and bifocal contact lenses, call Advanced Eye Institute at 985-632-2884 for your appointment today or visit our website at visionsourceadvancedeyecutoff.com. Home Health Services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health, where the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about Home Health Services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear, Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our skeeter beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control. Safe. Effective guaranteed. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafouche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems, 
Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. Welcome back here to Play by Play on KLEB. Hope everybody's enjoying their day as much as we are. It's now officially the lunchtime hour. It's just after 12 o'clock. There are a lot of people in the cars heading out to some different spots to eat around town. Hope everybody enjoys their meals, but I hope they also enjoy the next hour of sports talk. We've got Joe Tuton on the line now. Coach Joe, good afternoon, my friend. How are we doing today? Hey, good, buddy. How about you guys? We're doing fine, bro. It's a uh, a quiet time of the year for the next couple of weeks, but then it's going to become a very active time of the year where we got swampland and hogs and different things that'll be happening. So almost like the calm before the storm right now, Joe, isn't it? Oh, listen, no doubt. I think everybody, you know, all the high school guys are finishing up with spring football and all the high school coaches I know are having swampland tryouts, trying to get, you know, get motivated, get a little bit ready to go for next year. So, you know, and then after that, you know, showcase and travel baseball starts and, and guys will really ramp it up the first week of June. I know I'm super excited for Saturday because we've got the Terrebonne General All-Star Baseball game. We've got Team LaFouche against Team Terrebonne. I look at the rosters. I think that there's a lot of talent on both sides. More important than that, and Stan and I were talking about this on Saturday, I think there's plenty enough pitching to cover the game, which has been an issue in years past. There's going to be a lot of guys who had long playoff runs, so there's not going to be as much rust maybe in some guys as in years past. I think it's going to be a great showcase of the talent in our area. I'm looking forward to Saturday, man. It's going to be a good ball game. Oh, listen, no doubt. You know how it goes, Casey. I think the seniors, you know, these guys know they still play it. This is the last time they can compete. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of really friendly uh, competition. The guys will get after it. It's been fun every year. I'm really looking forward to it on Saturday. So when things uh, start to get going for the Hogs, man, like when when are some of the, the, the first tournaments and, you know, maybe tryout dates? What's some information you could share with the Hogs for us, man? Hogs are trying out. Uh, Hogs are trying out for any kids 14 through 18 on Sunday at Southland Field. Uh, the younger guys are going from two to three. The older guys are coming from four to six. Um, that'll start up. Then the next the next weekend we ramp it up. We got a little bit of a I guess you'd call it a scrimmage over there in Gonzales, Louisiana against Impact Baseball. Week after that, we start uh, at the Goche Amadi American Legion Tournament, you know, with all of the teams that week. And uh, pretty much, I mean, that kind of gets everything ramped up. We're hoping to have, you know, three teams, a team, you know, at the 17, 16, 17-year-old age bracket, the 18-year-old age bracket, and a 14, 15. So uh should be really fun, man. I mean, we got kids calling. They're ready to go. I've been seeing a bunch of kids come and hit at the house at night. Uh, it, it should be a great summer. I mean, there's so many talented travel ball organizations you could play with, and uh, I think it just makes our kids better for high school as you go into next year. For CCA over the summer with the Swampland, what are you guys looking to get accomplished? I know every coach has a different answer. Some of them will say, oh, well, you know, we're trying to learn who could do what, and we're trying to build depth and, you know, all that stuff. Then there's others who say, well, you know, when the scoreboard's turned on, we're trying to learn how to win, and we're trying to get out of different situations. How is CCA going to approach the summer for the Swampland? Well, we, you know, Casey, we always want to win. 
Like that's that's you know I think if you if you practice winning you you want to win. We got some spots that we pretty solid. We know what some guys have. We got some underclass kids that are getting older that are going to be upper class kids. They need some opportunities. So I think Swampland will give these guys some great opportunities to see what they can and can't do. Kind of before we go into January. I mean you know it kind of gives you a, you know about about twelve fourteen game preview of what some guys can do. And I think some guys have waited you know waited their turn and their opportunities. They're going to get some opportunities this summer, so it should be fun how these guys handle these opportunities. Joe, I have been waiting all day to ask you this question. There's been such a debate on Facebook in the last couple of days about LSU baseball amongst some of the local high school coaches in our area. Some of them are of the opinion of, hey, you know, it's not coaching when dudes aren't throwing strikes. You know, you know the kids aren't executing, the kids are underperforming, whatever it may be. Then others are saying, well, you know, when your whole team's making the same mistakes, then, you know, maybe that is a teaching issue. Maybe that is a problem. It's kind of befuddling. You got a team that has so much talent, but everybody on the staff outside of Paul Skeens cannot throw a competitive pitch right now. What's going on, man? How do you fix this? Well, listen, I think you honestly got to go back to the basics. I think we need to quit worrying about lighting up the radar guns and the spin rate and just get back to basically throwing the ball over the plate, inside, outside, up and down. Uh, I can tell you this, if you're an LSU baseball fan, don't panic. Do not panic. LSU baseball will be right where they need to be. Uh, I think they'll get it figured out before the season's over. They're just way too talented. Coaching-wise, they're talented. Player-wise, they're talented. I mean, you know this case if you watch it one or two games either way. Uh, I think if those guys just get refocused on what they need to do, maybe it might be a little minor problem mechanically issue for one of these guys, but I think them guys will get, figure it out. Listen, yeah, if you want to blame somebody, you can blame the players, you can blame the coaches, but look, as a staff, as a team, I think it's it's a little bit of everybody's fault, and I think those guys are, are talented enough that they'll figure it out one way or the other. So I think if you're looking to blame somebody or why they can't do it, I think it's the player's fault. I think it's the coach's fault. I think it's just in general, you know, maybe they just maybe on the coaching side they, they need to do something just a little bit different than what they're doing. And then when I say that is, if that happens with our team, you know, we have a couple of drills. We go right back to the basics, and uh, you know, I think you got to go back to really attacking the strike zone as a pitcher and I think more of it might be mental because they're not getting ahead on first pitch strikes and I think that's their biggest thing if they get ahead on first pitch strikes it just changes the count it changes you know the philosophy of the way you pitch so I think once they get that back right they'll be good to go so tell me about this and look what I'm about to say you might you might think that I'm crazy you might completely disagree and if so you know more power to you you know far more about this stuff than I do but I I almost think it's like uh, what I call the Steph Curry syndrome in the NBA, right? Steph Curry's a great player. He shoots three-pointers from almost half court, right? Well, now there's a lot of high school kids that see that want to try to do the same thing that don't work for them. On Friday night, Paul Skeens is throwing 100 miles an hour, 102 miles an hour sometimes. He can locate any pitch in any count in any situation. I think a lot of those other guys, Coach, are trying to do the Paul Skeens stuff when they're just not capable of doing it, and I think that they should just be maybe simplifying their approach a little bit. I think some of it's just kind of gotten a little bit too overcomplicated out there. 100% agree, Casey. 100% agree. Listen, I mean, you got to be who you are as a player. Not everybody's going to be Tommy Tanks. 
Listen, so if you're a fast runner, you got to find a way to hit the ball on the ground, hit the ball in the gap. you got to be who you are. And what happens is on some of those LSU guys, I think, you know, this is why you came to LSU and they've gotten away from who they really are. And I think that that's just an adjustment that guys kind of, you know, they got to know their role. I mean, everybody's not going to be, like you said, Nolan Ryan. So if you can't be Nolan Ryan, you need to start learning how to pitch like Greg Maddox. So if a guy got to LSU because he threw like Greg Maddox and he's gotten away from that, I think he can be adjusted and guys can get back to doing what they do. Yeah, no doubt. I think that's very well said. Look, closer to home, the Colonels are two wins away from locking up the Southland Conference regular season championship. They are going to be playing New Orleans this weekend. Man, whether they finish that or not, whether they win the Southland Conference tournament or not, a great year of progression, and I think they're just getting started. Coach Silva's got that thing humming, man. Well, I tell you this, Casey, I went on Sunday, uh, watched those guys. Uh, you talk about exciting. You know, Coach Silver got those guys ready to play. I mean, listen, I think he, he's doing a great job with the bullpen, the way he's moving guys in and out. And uh, a long story short, look, Nichols is a fun team to watch. They got some local guys doing well. Uh, Nichols is going to make some noise. I can tell you this. I think uh, – you know, I think they have, you know, the Myers kid that can really throw it really well. I mean, he's a stopper. Uh, I just feel like Nichols baseball is fun to watch, man. And I can tell you this, uh, I think they'll find a way to win the conference. I hate to say it. I think Nichols will find a way to get it done this weekend. And, you know, hopefully they can make a little noise in the, in the conference tournament, you know, and jump into that LSU regional. Man, boy, wouldn't that be something. Joe, we thank you so much for the time. As always, we'll chat again soon, buddy. Appreciate it, man. Call me if you need something, man. Yep, you too, bud. That Thank is Coach you. Joe Tuton doing an excellent job. Always available to us. Does an excellent job. Um, <clears throat> I really believe that what we were talking about there is part of the LSU problem. Um, I, I call it, and I, I told it to Joe, I call it the Steph Curry syndrome in high school basketball. Kids want to have the Steph Curry results. They want to shoot three-pointers from 35 feet away. They could barely make a layup. If you can't do the Steph Curry stuff, then you need to evolve your game and do the stuff that you do well. If you can't do the Paul Skeen stuff of throwing the ball 102 miles an hour on the outside black, <clears throat> then you need to execute the things that you do well. I see a lot of guys, and I'm not a pitching coach. I'm not a baseball coach. Maybe this is just an amateur eye seeing things that aren't actually there. But I see a lot of guys who are overthrowing. I see a lot of guys who are going into the games expecting to not do well and who are getting dejected once they don't do well. And in a sport that is as mentally challenging as baseball, I just don't think that's a way to have consistent success. I just don't think that's the way that you could do the things you're trying to do in the best conference in the world. But there's time. You got four games left this week in the regular season. <clears throat> then you go to the SEC tournament, which really is just kind of a glorified, you know, horse and pony show for LSU. You're not playing for a whole lot there. Though if you lose your series to Georgia this weekend, maybe you could be playing for a national seed, whatever it may be. Um, but I don't think the Tigers will have a whole lot at stake there. And then when you get into the regionals, it's go time. So you got two weeks to try to figure some of these things out and get some of these issues ironed out. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Stan. It's our Terrebonne General Tuesday interview with Mr. Stan Gravois in the next segment. It's play-by-play -play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. 
Chevrolet Suburban, Tahoe, Traverse, Blazer, Equinox, Trailblazer, Trax. Looking for the room to haul your passengers and cargo area to fit your needs? Golden Motors has your SUV waiting for you. Come on in and check them out. Special APR as low as 2.9% for 60 months on 2023 Chevy Equinox. Hurry before it's gone. Chevy, find new roads. Golden Motors, 15101, Highway 3235, and Cutoff on the back road. 325-1000, price is priority. 2.9% APR with approval through GM Financial. See dealer for details. Gulf South Homes has a new building. Come check out our new offices and parts store. We have moved to the left side of our property. See, Ida threw us a curveball, but our new offices are home run. We sell all things for your mobile home parts needs. And of course, we can still sell you the new home of your dreams. Remember, we are still working with the Restore Louisiana Grant Program as well. Come and see us at 1986 Highway 182 in Homa or give us a call, 985-876-0222. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dofriendlumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. Set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras rodeo, or outdoor music venue, Joe's Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply 1810 three and two stall restroom air conditioned trailers anytime anywhere 24 hours a day seven days a week planning an event visit joe septic at bizcom.net with locations in cutoff thibodeau fushaw abbeville reserve and now odessa texas time is money don't waste both running around looking for filters batteries and belt sand related items Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Terrebonne General Health System is the largest healthcare resource in Southeast Louisiana, offering a high-tech and high-touch style of healing. World-renowned services include cardiology, women's health, cancer care, and a healthy lifestyle center. This is a true calling for all the physicians, nurses, and staff who make up our proud Terrebonne General family. We are here to provide healthcare for our community. To discover more, please visit tghealthsystem.com. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Juice! Juice, please! We thank Coach Joe Tutal for the time in the last segment, and it was a really fascinating last segment hearing Joe talk about some of the things that he thinks are going wrong out in Baton Rouge and some of the ways that he thinks the Tigers could potentially fix it. 
Now we go to Terrebonne General, to our Terrebonne General Tuesday interview with Mr. Stan Gravois, who's on the line now. Stan, good afternoon, my friend. How are we doing today? Hey, good. I hope Joe's got everything all figured out for LSU. <laughs> he, he's got the right answers, man. You know, he said, hey, got to throw strikes, got to simplify some things, and, you know, all of that makes sense. Uh, let's talk about a team that did a whole bunch of stuff that made sense this past season, and that was the EDY baseball program. Look, we knew going into Saturday they were probably favored to win the game. Just more pitching depth, a longer lineup. But in the fifth inning, you know, as baseball would have it, it was a one-to-one game, anybody's ball game. But the Cardinals' senior class show, uh, shined bright in that bottom of the fifth inning. They blew it open. Coach Matt Plitt in year one at E.D. White wins the championship. Kudos to them, man. That's an unbelievable showing. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I think what gets kind of lost in the wash is that that's a triple-A team, you know. And they're playing, actually, Division Two baseball, which, I get, you know, when our friend Carla Sang talks to us, he says a lot of people don't realize that Sometimes we fall on the short end of the stick related to having to play in Division Two, and, and, you know, I, I think about this. This weekend I was actually at a, uh, a, a kids' travel tournament. My grandson was playing, and Scott Abadie, who coaches over at Thibodeau High School, helps with off the chain to run these tournaments. And Scott and I sat basically all Saturday talking to each other, and he had an interesting analysis of everything. He made the uh, comment that when you consider that a school, you know, we always say, hey, man, you know, nine people are out on the field. So it doesn't matter if you're a single-A school or if you're a 5A school. You know, nine people play. But, you know, when you consider that a school has the opportunity to have a broader picking size, and he made the comment related to them playing South Terrebonne in the first round. He says, you know, we play South Terrebonne. He says, we probably have 500 more students. He says, somewhere in that 500, you could find a pitcher, right? <laughs> you know, so that being said, you know, it even magnifies. And then to even expound on that just a little bit, remember, Berwick is in that, you know, in that district with uh, with E.D. White, and they win the state championship in 3A. So last year when we were really toting 7-4A with Vanderbilt Catholic, South Terrebonne, South Lafouche, all doing extremely well, and then Lutcher comes into that district. This year, it seems that 8-3-A was the big district with Berwick winning it all. And, of course, it was fun to see, you know, two local teams playing for that division, too. I'm sorry that Vanderbilt, you know, had to come up short. But it's as you said before going into that game. We were going to be proud of the community no matter what, and it's nice to see baseball at that level it is around here. No doubt, man. Very well said. And, and, you know, one of the most fascinating things that I think um, comes of every championship team is kind of the story within the story. And I was fascinated on Sunday. Matt Plitt was fortunate, or was I was fortunate enough, rather, to get about 20 to 30 minutes of Matt Plitt's time on Sunday, on Mother's Day, with a sick two-year-old at home. He said, hey, give me a call. Let's talk. And we were talking about the championship game. We were talking about the season. And he told me, I asked him, I said, Matt, when did you know? And, you know, when did you know this was a group that could maybe be really good? He said, and I thought this was so fascinating, he said, we scrimmage Brother Martin at Nichols. The next day I get a call from Coach Mike Silva saying, hey, you know, it's not a big deal, no worries, but you guys left three, four baseballs out on the field, you know, in the future, can you kind of tidy that up? Matt laid into his seniors, you know, hey, this is not the way we do things, this is not... 
you know, the standard at E.D. White sets. You respect other people's fields, everything, all that. Matt told me from that second forward, his senior group was the best senior group he's ever had, 100% buy-in, and it's just crazy how a little old honest mistake made in February could spark a freight engine that ends up winning the last game of the season. I'm always fascinated at those little sub-stories that end up being the totality of a great team. Yes, and that's nice to know that his seniors will like that because I think essentially when you go back and look at every state champion on the high school level, whatever the sport may be, that coach of that team is going to tell you that his seniors were special. And obviously he had some special seniors. You know, when you think about it, we were toting Weimer as being this ace, right, all year long. But it was Luke Fogel who went in there, and I didn't even think he was going to get the start. I thought it would be the Gobert kid. And the Gobert kid who comes in and does a good job, two seniors who came in and got it done for that team, uh, that pretty much was a catalyst of them winning. Because remember, they certainly didn't give up a lot of runs in that game. They still played really well. So, yeah, very, very impressive. And let me say this about Matt Plitt, and I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, and I'll say it again. Matt never was that guy who was, because we know these guys, right? We know these coaches that will only go to these, like, programs that have ultimate resources. Matt wasn't that guy. Matt finished school in Lafayette and decided that he was going to go to Westgate High School in New Iberia. He just wanted a job. He took a program that didn't win any baseball games the year before, and they won just a couple when he was coaching there. So a lot of people say, well, you know, how did he end up at Central Lafouche? Well, his wife, Abby, who is a physical therapist in the area, actually works here right by us at Gulf Coast Orthopedics. Abby was in the area. He needs to come to the area. Central Lafouche opens. He takes it. I think a lot of people don't remember. Central Lafouche was in bad, bad ways when he took over that program. And he kind of started to turn it around. So it's not like a guy who just went where, you know, everything you touch was gold. It's nice to see somebody like that sort of get paid off for that time that they put in. So he goes to uh, E.D. White. And a lot of people ask me when E.D. White took him as the coach, wait a minute, this is a guy who's coming from Central Lafouche where they won maybe a handful of games, and Westgate before that where they won no games. Are we doing the right thing? And I was like, absolutely. In my mind, at least, absolutely. Because one, he's a baseball guy who understands, and two, he sees it all. He has seen it all, so he knows how to get there. So, you know, kudos to him for that. All that being said, it's kind of, you know, Mike Thompson is a friend of you and mine, and, and, and Chad Menard is a guy we certainly respect very much. It's tough to see somebody lose, right? Yeah. And that's, that's the hard part of it all. The one thing I did tell Scott Abity, I mentioned I was talking to him, I said, Scott, you and Shane and Glenn Nockan, you know, Jay Carlos at Thibodeau High School must be sky high. Y'all played far better than anybody in the entire tournament. And he said, we are. We, we, we feel really good about what happened. But, again, you had to play Barb, so it is what it is. Uh, but all that being said, baseball was still very good, very proud of all of the uh, programs in our area. No doubt. We got some spring football games in the next 48 hours, 72 hours or so in the area today. Terrebonne's playing McDonough 35 over at Tom B. Thibodeau's playing an inner squad over at Tiger Stadium in Thibodeau. Tomorrow you got South Lafouche and HL Bourgeois over at Tom B., um, exciting times, man. I'm sure there's some others that I'm missing and that I'm forgetting, uh, but exciting times. Teams are getting some work in. Teams are competing. 
And, you know, you can't read too much into this. And I always kind of would roll my eyes back in the day when, you know, the, the newspaper headline would say, oh, you know, Braves beat Tarpon 7 nothing in spring scrimmage during the live quarter. And then maybe they wouldn't mention the fact that in the controlled portion of the scrimmage, maybe it was 10 touchdowns to three. It's like you can't read too much into that stuff, but it is fun to see what the kids got on the football field. Yeah, first and foremost, I agree with you on that 100%. Don't get caught too much up in what you see at the spring scrimmage. I think the coaches in these 10 workouts know if they have succeeded or if they haven't succeeded. I'd imagine most of them feel pretty good coming out of it. The two schools I probably saw the most of, uh, or at least heard the most of, I saw Terrebonne some. T.Y. at Terrebonne feels really good about what they did, and I was impressed seeing some of the things that Terrebonne High has done in the spring. Uh, have access to South Terrebonne's huddle, but didn't really look at it too, too much because they did more of like drill-type preparation. Uh, again, Scott Abadie and I talked. I got a good report on Thibodeau High this weekend. <laughs> and uh, Scott is uh, is working with football there, too, and he is sky high. You know, Scott and all of those guys who are there, including Shane, who's a baseball guy, they all are very close with Chris Dugas. They were, you know, they were – it took them by surprise when Chris was let go there at Thibodeau High School. But they have bought in with what, you know, Dre Trosclair is doing. And they – they feel really good about some things. And I got to tell you, we've all said it. If Thibodeau started to get some things together, watch out. Uh, I did get to watch one of their practices, actually from the tennis court over at Thibodeau High. And, boy, those guys, you know, just from a far-off view, you would have thought LSU was out there in spring football. The guys were dressed to a tee. There was no walking around. They were hustling from, from station to station. And uh, Scott said, it's been different. And I said, like, how different? And he said, just different. And I said, well, Dennis Lorio different? And he kind of smiled. And I got to tell you, no matter what you think of Dennis Lorio, every time he touched Thibodeau High, they won. So uh, that could be something that's interesting. So, yeah, this is sort of where you you lay down, you know, your future. It's uh, championships are won in the offseason, and this is when you sort of get it together. So we're going to find out. We're going to find out if some teams are organized and what their philosophies are, but it's not going to be until next fall when we know exactly how they can compete. No doubt. Uh, look, let's talk some LSU baseball. I've been ranting about it the last two days. I said Saturday on the sports corner, I thought LSU was going to find a spark. You know, they lost the number one ranking. They run ruled in their midweek game last week. They run ruled the first game of the series against Mississippi State. Boy, was I wrong. They blow a two-run lead in the eighth inning on Saturday, blow a nine-run lead in the sixth inning on Sunday. Um, Joe said he thinks it's just too complicated right now. He thinks everybody's trying to be Paul Skeens. Everybody's overthrowing. They're throwing for velo. They're not locating. I don't know what it is, but I know if they don't figure it out soon, this is a team that not only are they not going to win in Omaha, they're not going to make it to Omaha at all if they don't figure these things out, man, because you can't give up. 10, 15 runs. You can't blow nine-run leads. You can't blow two-run leads with two innings left and expect to have a chance. No, you know, I mentioned that I sat at a 9U baseball tournament this weekend, and whether it's 9U or it's collegiate baseball at the highest level or it's Major League Baseball, you got to throw strikes. And not only do you have to throw strikes, you have to throw strikes early in the count. I, 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 I don't 
uh, boy, this is this probably wouldn't work, but it might work for an LSU team that has enough offense to get it done. I say throw a fastball for a strike every single first pitch if you're an LSU pitcher. And sometimes, you know, we said it a couple of weeks ago, trying to be a little bit too fancy. I've always said this. I'd take a hundred Greg Maddoxes versus uh, one Nolan Ryan just throwing fastballs. Now, look, Nolan Ryan can throw some other pitches too, but you know, I get you. If Joe said that everybody can't be a Paul Skeens, he's exactly right. There's only one on that team, and nobody else is built or made like him. And they need to put that on the back burner if they think that's the way to do it. It's a matter of throwing strikes. All that being said, I. I honestly couldn't tell you tonight or this weekend if LSU is going to go out and play well, but I do know they have the capability to win a national championship. Yes, absolutely. And I think they could still do it. I, I think there's some things that have to come together, and I hope in a couple of weeks we're looking back three weeks ago and going, wow, you know, what happened to this team? What What went on, you know, and everything? So... Yeah, it's still certainly a possibility. I think they hit the ball well. And, and, you know, we blame pitching a lot. But in game two, and even in game three, after getting a real good start offensively, those bats sort of just went dormant after a while. And, you know, it's hard to say that when you score in 13 runs a game. <laughs> but uh, that being said, they probably could have helped out a little bit too. But, you know, I, I, Beckley I like Heel quicker. Located I, in Lakeview and West Harrison. Not- oh. I, I'm like everybody else where after skeins, I get a little nervous. Pain relief, recovery, and total body wellness. On the other hand, I think he could be okay. Yeah. Um, look, here, here's my small piece of concern, right, is outside of the pitching, I see a team that is not necessarily fundamentally good at anything. <laughs> they don't run the bases all that well. Defensively, they kind of drop some pop flies and they kind of throw it around a little bit. So that's what kind of scares me, but you're right. There is the talent in place there. It's a team that was number one for every week of the season, but two so far. It's a team that beat Arkansas in a three-game series and that beat several top 25 teams in a three-game series. Hopefully, it's just a little lull, and most baseball teams have these lulls during the year. But, man, the fundamentals at times all across the board are a little bit lacking there. Yeah, it's funny to go from the two coaches to Jay Johnson and go back to Maneri. Maneri sort of blamed players a lot after the games were over and kind of was tough on them if they were not playing well to the extent where we were like, okay, that it might be a little overkill. And Jay Johnson's on the other end of the spectrum where, uh, you know, the sky's not falling, everything's going to be okay. Somewhere in there, we have to find that middle ground where, yeah, the sky's not falling, but we do have to play better and we do have to do some things better. So I hope it happens. I, I don't know that we find out a whole lot this weekend against Georgia. I hope they take two of three from Georgia. I think maybe in the SEC tournament is where we, where we find out how they would play in a regional. And, uh, again, I, you know, there's optimism that they can do it. I think it's less optimism than we had like three weeks ago, but there is still optimism. The New Orleans Saints had their schedule get released last week. I'm not one that reads a whole lot into the schedule releases, but it is alarming and it is very noteworthy, the lack of elite quarterbacks who the Saints are going to be scheduled to face in the upcoming year. I'm looking at it. you got Tennessee, Carolina, Green Bay, Tampa, New England, Houston, 
That's the first six games. I haven't read an elite quarterback yet. Maybe Jacksonville with Lawrence. Maybe Cousins with the Vikings. Um, no. They're right. Yeah, I mean the the Lions have a pretty good offense, but not necessarily a great quarterback. Week week sixteen, Stafford, if he's healthy, maybe. Like you're not facing a whole lot of Joe Burrows and and Justin Herberts in this schedule. No, Josh Allen. You know Patrick Mahomes. None of those guys. I'm I'm with you on that. And I didn't realize it initially. You know, it took some other guys to say, do you see the quarterbacks the Saints were playing? So I went and looked at each team, and the more you look at it, the more you smile because you realize how important the quarterback position is, especially in NFL. I mean, it's it's pretty much everything. Now, look, a lot of people will be saying, well, we're playing the Saints, and they don't have a quarterback (laughs) either. So it, (laughs) it, it sort of goes both ways, I guess, to a certain extent. But, uh, I think what it does provide is no excuses, right? I mean, you have no reason not to play well, and uh, I think that uh, that it, it bodes the, the schedule certainly bodes well. And to think you have Bryce Young very early in the season too, before he can sort of get going, uh, at least for one of the games. So yeah, I, I don't see any reason why it shouldn't be a good year. The Saints are good enough defensively to stop those things. You know, in the NBA, it's crazy. Um, there's no job security for anybody, man. The Suns fired Monty Williams. The 76ers fired Doc Rivers today. The Bucks fired their coach. Like, you know, there are a lot of folks around the league who are saying that Ime Udoka, who went to Houston, made a mistake because he went to Houston early in the process when there were 76ers' job came open, the Suns' job came open, the Bucks' jobs came open. But I'm over here thinking to myself, like, Maybe going to a quote-unquote bad team and having a longer leash to figure it out is maybe better than going to one of these firestorms like Philly or Phoenix where if you don't win at all in one year, you're going to get fired no matter what your regular season record is. It's crazy to see that some of the best teams in the league are saying, hey, we didn't win at all, so we're going to fire our guy. Man, there's no job security for anybody in that league. I would love to know what the conversation is behind closed doors between the owners and some of the top players on those teams, too. Because I'm sure there's some conversation, and they go in and they say some things. And it, it's kind of scary to think just because it's not, quote-unquote, going their way, that they might have that much influence on an owner or a GM to get rid of the guy. I don't Sounds like most people really like Monty Williams, so that was kind of weird. That comes out of the blue for me as far as that goes. Yet, boy, this is going to sound horrible, but but I, I really believe it now. It got better for the Pelicans in a little spurt there, but you're telling me Monty Williams is let go, but the Pelicans are not really seriously thinking about their situation and and listen, I don't, I'm not saying that the guy from the Pelicans Green should get let go. I, I'm just saying, how does that happen to a team that's, that's at the top, sort of like they are? Either that or if I'm a coach and I'm sitting there and I get Kevin Durant traded to me, I'm going, oh, my God, I guess I need to look for a house somewhere else, you know, or whatever. <laughs> I mean, it gets to that point, right, where you can't, you can't have those guys. I'm sure the Sixers situation is – you know, going to boil up and stuff, too. Yeah, it. listen, and basketball started setting a trend for being a one-and-done coach. <laughs> you know, it's not just the collegiate kids now that are one-and-done. It's the coaches who are one-and-done. Oh, it's crazy to think. Look, man, Las Vegas released some uh, win total lines for college football this past week. 
LSU sitting at over under nine and a half. So Vegas thinks either 10 and two or nine and three feels about right, right? I mean, you got Alabama still in the schedule. The Florida State game is going to be a 50-50 toss-up, and then you're in the SEC where every game is a toss-up in and of itself. Yeah, that, that feels about right for LSU, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I had never seen that, and if just off the cuff, I would agree 100% that that's around where it would be. Uh, I guess I would love to have the you know ability to look at the schedule and go, okay, 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 you know, and kind of map it out but overall knowing their sec schedule and knowing that they're you know they do open with florida state but that they have certainly winnable games outside of the sec i would i I would i would agree with that you hope for a little bit over obviously but when it's all said and done uh you know what it is a lot of times we look at it and we say hey if you know lsu would have finished 10 and 2 would you be happy yes i guess it just depends on what's the two you know, yeah. I mean, if you beat Alabama, that you know everybody's happy, happy. But then again, if one of the two is like you know an Alabama Birmingham or or or, <laughs> a, or an Auburn team that you had beat and you lost at the very end of the game, so you have to see how that all kind of shakes out too. But no, and and, and you know, right now I think I would take a ten and two. Uh, there's no doubt about that. You know. Obviously, if I ask you this, you'll get right. This answer is that the team predicted to win the least amount of games is Vanderbilt. Who do you? And this is it. This is one that might stump you. Take a guess of who's predicted to win the second fewest games in the SEC. Second fewest in the SEC. Uh, there was a time last year or a year before I would have said South Carolina, but they're getting better. I would say second least amount. Mississippi State? Not them, but listen to this, man. A boy could be a sign of some coaching moves if this pans out. Florida, over or under five and a half wins. Stan, if Napier goes five and seven, he's not getting a third year. No, you know what's funny? I When he left and he went to Florida, I understand these guys got to do it. There's a little pride thing. There's a little money thing, obviously. The money was so much better. There's a little I can do this in the SEC. But there's a little of me who says, man, if things are going well and you like where you live in and your kids are going to a pretty good school and all of that, leave it alone. And guys like that, you know, you took a chance and uh, it started to turn sour over at Florida about halfway through the season and it hadn't been better since. Uh, I don't know if I would put them at the bottom. Well, of course, you did say Vanderbilt was down there. I would still think that Mississippi State would have a little tougher time. Maybe a Missouri might have a little tougher time. But uh, we'll see. I, I, I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't shock me now that you say it. Man. And listen, I, I would love to, before we go off the air, just mention one thing real quick. And I think you're going to appreciate this because you know of the late young lady. If you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, man. So I'm sitting the other day, and I'm putting together one of these videos for our Hall of Fame. It was Dalton LeBlanc. Dalton LeBlanc was a terrific sprinter over at Terrebonne High, graduated in 62. He won six individual state championships in track and field. And as a guy who's looking over my shoulder as I'm putting the video together, and he says, well, that must be the, you know, the most acclaimed track and field athlete in the Bayou region that we've ever had. And I thought about it, and I said, you know, that is impressive. I mean, I don't know if you could name anybody else, Casey, but this guy's won six individual state titles, right? And then I realized it, and I said, no. We have somebody right, <laughs> right now, now that's phenomenal. 
Yeah. And so I want to say this because the other day I just thought about it. this is mind boggling. And and her name is Bryn Kelso and she just graduated or she's graduating Saturday morning from Vanderbilt Catholic. Bryn Kelso has ten individual state championships. <laughs> she's got twenty seven championship medals overall, seventeen gold, eight silver, two bronze. She's won two 800-meter championships individually. She's won two 1,600-meter championships individually. She's won two cross-country championships. She's won one 3,200-meter state championship. And she's won three 4 by 800 relay team championships. And I just thought, that's mind-boggling. That really is mind-boggling. I, you know, I don't know if you know of anybody else. Oh. But but I thought about that, and uh, I just happened to see her dad, Matt, last weekend, and we were talking, and he's so humble, and I was like, well, wow, if we're living history, I, I want to make sure this week that if I have any outlet to say this, congratulations to Brent Kelso, because I don't know if anybody's ever going to match that feat again. You know, it's crazy, and, and we don't realize this because it's happening right now, but Stan, that's a literal future Bayou Region Athletic Hall of Famer. Like, she's going to make it to the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. Listen, and this is, she's going to University of Southern Mississippi, right? She has had offers all over the country. Matt and them actually took her up to Creighton just recently. And Creighton, for you guys that don't know, has a really good track and field program. They've gone everywhere. She fell in love with Hattiesburg, according to Matt, so she is going to be going to Southern Miss. So that just starts her college career. So there's no telling what the future holds. But you're right. As I'm looking at this, I'm going, well, this is a future bi-region Hall of Fame member. And quite honestly, I think back of great athletes who did, like, tremendous things through time. We've had great pole vaulters. We've had great – I remember one guy from South Lafouche. I don't know if this name sparks a memory with you, but – well, it's way before you. So <laughs> but Varney O'Connor. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I can remember watching him as a kid when he would throw the javelin and he would kind of roll at the end of a javelin. And, but all of these guys come away with winning like one or two state championships. This girl ran an 800, which is just past the sprints, right? I mean, but then all the way goes to like a 3,200 meter. So she's sort of fast in, in a shorter race, but she still can run the kind of races that I don't even feel like driving that far. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so so I, I know I took a little time saying this, but I, I just thought about it. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We need, you know, especially in a day and age where you doing this and you working with truck on Saturday morning and you working with Bayou Sports and you working with, you know, the Lafouche Gazette is probably our only outlet for sports. Hell, let's sing this girl's praises because uh, I don't think we're going to see one like this again. No, very well said, and I'm glad you did. Look, before we let you go, we got the All-Star Baseball game coming this weekend. It's not allowed to rain Saturday, man. we got to get it in, 3 o'clock. Nope, 15 years we've been doing it. Never had a rain out 3 o'clock. I know that's a little later than in past years, but we're actually accommodating Joe. CCA graduates that morning. They want all of their kids to play, and the way that they could make it work was 3 o'clock. So we said, yeah, no problem. I think we have good pitching. I think it's going to be fun just to go out and watch. It's competitive, but it's not, if that makes any sense whatsoever. <laughs> and uh, listen, when you sit down and think that this is the kids' last time to compete on the high school level, 
and if they really realize that and and, and sort of sink, that sinks into them, kind of a special day. So again, three o'clock over at South Down Field. I hope I got it right. Yeah, South, South Down, Down Field. Yes, sir. Yes, and uh, a seven inning game and uh, free substitution, fairly relaxed. Yet you can tell the kids are competitive and they want to win it for their parish. No doubt. Stan, thanks so much for the time, man. Look forward to Saturday. Can't wait. All right. See you Saturday. Yes, sir. That is Stan Grabaugh doing an excellent job um, here in our Terrebonne General Tuesday interview. I'm so glad that he brought up the accomplishments of Bryn Kelso because, A, those numbers that he rattled off are unbelievable. B, that's an awesome family. I've been knowing Matt since I got into the area. He was an old soccer coach and, you know, still does some work in that area also. But now, you know, also just a proud dad watching his kids compete and do great. And, you know, Bryn's a great student athlete, very humble kid. She's going to go and make whatever college program, Southern Miss, whoever, going to make that program better from the second that she walks on that campus. And that's historic, right? What we're seeing right there, that's historic. You win that many championships in cross country and track and field. We're, we might not see that again for a long time. You know, so to her, and then, you know, they got a great young lady at, at Homa Christian School. Um, oh, I don't want to mispronounce the name or say that. Uh, Berg. Um, Emma Berg. That's another one that dominant, dominant runner, you know, doing great things. Um, we congratulate them all so much on their successes, man, because, you know, even though we might focus more on football, basketball, baseball, and the quote-unquote major sports, it's not going forgotten the fact that we've got some incredible athletes who are doing other things, right? Incredible. So congratulations so much to Brian Kelson. I'm so glad Stan brought that up. Let's catch a break when we get back, get you some betting picks, and we'll get out of here. It's play-by-play on KLEB. Do you remember recess? Our children may not because our kids are busy learning how to take a standardized test. One size fits all. That's what teachers must teach, the LEAP test. So it's hard to get kids onto the playground to learn citizenship, responsibility, and character. These things can be the difference between an auto mechanic and a car thief. Experts know kids do better when you let them be kids, but our experts don't. They make teachers teach a test. Meanwhile, we're 2,500 teachers short because we don't pay them or let them do their jobs. So pay them. Let them do their jobs. While we're at it, let's provide farm fresh food to kids at school. Our farms have an abundance. Our kids need the nutrition and our schools already make meals. My name is Hunter Lundy. I paid for this ad because I'm running for governor. I'm a Christian, a conservative, and an independent. Exercise, life skills, teachers who teach, and farm fresh food. Why not? It's Ram season at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Whether you need a truck for work or home life, the Ram will do its job. Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions. 
medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in LaRose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. Rev is creating the next evolution in communication, a network built for every possibility. Internet, TV, voice, and security. And now we're moving faster than ever before, propelling us forward into the future, the next level in communications. That's what we call revolution. And the revolution is closer than you think. Welcome to Rev. Learn more at letsrev.com. As a leader in the oil and gas industry, Joe's Septic Contractors caters to oil field clients, offering vacuum truck service for offshore tanks, vessels, or treatment plants containing sewage or gray water. Their rental department offers state-of-the-art offshore portable toilets with cages and certified safety slings for easy maneuvering. Also, holding tank rentals and portable hand-washing stations. Call Joe's Septic Contractors 24-7 in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville Reserve, and now Odessa, Texas. Visit Joe's Septic at viscom.net. One more segment to go here on play-by-play. NBA news, Doc Rivers was fired as the coach of the Philadelphia 76ers today. Um, Look, I think that some of the coaching stuff in the NBA has gone overboard. But Doc Rivers is also (laughs) on a lot of lists that you don't want to be on as a head coach. He has lost 10 Game 7s. He has blown seven series where he's led either 3-2 or 3-1. He's got a record in closeout games. Let me see. That is just atrocious. Let's see here. I'll I'll pull it up. It was sent to me this morning whenever this news got announced. Let me find it here in my phone. Doc is 17-34 and in closeout games. So at some point, if you've got a roster that you feel is capable of winning a championship, maybe this isn't the best dude for you, right? Like it's proven time and time again that he could get you to the dance. But once he gets to the dance, he's going to get dumped by the pretty girl over and over and over and over and over again. Five straight Game 7 losses. Ten total Game 7 losses. Nine straight times Rivers' team loses in the second round of the playoffs. You know, at some point, maybe it's worthwhile to try something else, right? Where Philly goes from here. I don't know. They've got a lot of uncertainty, right? James Harden's a free agent. He may go to a different city next year. I don't know. I think that he's just kind of using that as leverage. I think he wants to be in Philadelphia, but it'll be very interesting to see what the future holds there. Betting picks today. I like the Pirates plus 104 money line over the Tigers. I like the Yankees plus one and a half run line at minus 140 odds over the Blue Jays. 
<clears throat> I like under 10 runs between the Mariners and the Red Sox. I like under eight and a half runs between the Mets and the Rays. Today in the MLB, I like over nine and a half runs for the Braves and the Rangers. I like over eight runs for the Cardinals and the Brewers. And in the NBA today, um, I like under 222 and a half for the Nuggets and the Lakers. And then let's go over some point totals and different things like that. Um, let's go. Um, some of these look pretty good. I'll go over four and a half for Jeff Green points. That is, I think he'll make a three and he'll get a bucket in transition. That's five right there. Rebounds give me um, under nine and a half for LeBron James. Assist over five and a half for LeBron James. And give me over one and a half assists for Bruce Brown. I know I gave you a ton of picks today, but I mean, who says I could only give you three, right? I'm going to give you a bunch. Um, let's wrap up today's show. Tomorrow is a Wednesday show. That means we'll get Taylor Griffin on the line. That means we'll talk about this game one. We'll talk about the NBA draft lottery. We'll talk about all the different things that will happen in the next 24 hours before today's show. We thank Stan for his time today. We thank Joe for his time today. Two really good calling guests made for a really good show. And we also thank our sponsors for allowing us to be here. The Blue Boot Foundation. Buzz off the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. And Golden Motors, where price is priority, located on Highway 3235 and Cutoff. Uh, and lastly, Dufresne Building Materials. Come experience the Dufresne difference with eight locations to serve you. Cutoff, Thibodeau, Belchase, Luling, Slidell, Araby, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. I'm done for the day. Enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, it's hot, man. If you're working outside, take care of yourself. Stay hydrated. Do all that good stuff. It's going to be a long, hot summer. Um, and we'll be back at the same time tomorrow with a fun Wednesday show plan. You've been listening to Play by Play. Casey Gisler saying adios. Have a wonderful and blessed rest of the day. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.